Hello, and welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask podcast. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and I'm excited to bring you part two of our fun conversations about money and emotions. In celebration of our 200th episode, my team and I decided to go back in time to have some fun financial moments where our guests and I got down to the nitty gritty aspects of money. In part one, we highlighted some fun money moments about creating abundance, money blocks, and money stories. We ventured to places in life where money made us laugh or cry. In part two, we spotlight some of the insights or wealth wisdom moments, as I like to call them, that have inspired us. In each episode, our guest proposes a valuable tip that has helped shape their journey with money. We hope these moments can inspire or help you on your journey to financial success. So whether you're a seasoned listener or just discovering us for the first time, be sure to tune in each week for new episodes that will help you achieve success and abundance in all areas of your life. As always, you can find all our episodes on themoneynerve.com or your favorite podcast apps. If you like what you hear, please follow us and leave a review. And finally, I would like to thank you for joining us as we continue this journey and explore everything money and life have to offer. I am so grateful to you. Without you, this show would not have been able to hit this huge milestone. Thank you very much. And I look forward to bringing more great conversations that help us understand why we do what we do when it comes to money. Okay, let's get this party started. Our first clip is David Ralph, episode 134, Join Up Dots. Yeah, I said it earlier, pay yourself first. Don't try to yep. save what you've got left because you've never got anything left. Just look at what you've got, knock off 20% and then live on what you've got. And you will live on what you've got. And that's the thing. And then you could make it 25% and 30% and you'll still be able to live on what you've got left. Pay yourself first and then leave it non-negotiable. Keep on adding to it. Keep on adding to it. And once it gets to a certain point, if you do see an investment that you want, then go for it. But don't think of it as just, oh, I dip into that whenever I want. That's gone. That's gone money. That's future money. This next clip, episode 138, When in Doubt, ask Sharifa Hardy. I try to help people really figure out what they want. Our society and our upbringing has really taught us this mentality that, oh, you only get what you need. You only get what you need. And my philosophy is you should have what you want. The caveat for me is that if you have worked and earned an honest living, as long as you're earning an honest living, then you should be able to have what you want. I don't think we put in all these hours and do all this hard work just to be able to afford toothpaste. We know we need toothpaste, but what is it that you really want? What is your heart's desire? And that's what I get people to focus on because I tell people when I get to a certain point in my life, I am going to buy a tiger. And people are going to say, Sharifa, you do not need a tiger. And I'm saying, I know I don't, but I want a tiger. So the whole moral is you should have not you should have what you need, but you work so that you can have what you want. We had to include episode 144, The Artist Within You, Amanda Filippelli. I tell everybody to think about um, that crazy number that you want to charge in your business, whatever it is that feels like it's the top of the ceiling, write that number down 
and then add 25%. And that's how much you should be charging. Oh my God, that's what I do. That's what I do. Yes. I like when my therapy clients or my bookkeepers and whatever, I'm always like, whatever you think it is, times 25%. That's (laughs) 1.25. That's the markup. That's it. Um, so I think we discount ourselves at least 25%, (laughs) probably more. (laughs) It's terrible. I love that. I am so in alignment with that. And who could forget Kelly who in episode 150, encouraging unity and equality. In the case of money, waiting and being patient, you know, that Mm -hmm. kid that, 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 that gets the candy (laughs) and they have to wait like five minutes. Yeah. You know, if they wait five minutes, they can have two candies, right? right? Delayed gratification. Yeah. That delayed gratification. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. (laughs) So, so that, that in, when it comes to life, delayed gratification really pays off. This next clip, episode 151, Awakening the Soul of Power, Christian De La Huerta. Yeah, I don't have like practical advice in that sense, but I think those two things that I mentioned, the realization, realization that money is energy so that we, as we do that and to be willing and to do the work of unpacking the beliefs that we have around money, that's invaluable uh, so that we can pr- approach it in a clean way and then if I could convey the, the level of trust that I have that when we're coming from our authentic self and when we're at least striving to step into our purpose, like we will be taken care of. Like I have no doubt about that for any of us. We had to include Dr. Amy Novotny, episode 153, Fight, Flight, or Freeze. I would tell people, spend some money on your personal development, meaning also getting around people who you enjoy who you emulate and who you want to help you grow and that who you can give back to as well. You'll find this next clip enlightening. Episode 155, Financial Infidelity with Chelsea Norton. I love it. Yeah. So this one was super easy for me to think of. I um, I think that, you know, every time I've gotten an increase at NEFI or every time I've got a bonus or something like that, or in any of my, any of my jobs, uh, the, the, the first thing I do is I increase the amount of money that is automatically going into my retirement savings accounts or my other savings accounts. So those always come out before I see my regular paycheck. And, uh, and that way I'm saving more, like the, the amount that I'm saving for retirement just increases automatically and I don't even see it. So rather than saying like, oh great, when I get this bonus, I'm going to sit down and figure out how much, just like plan for the fact that you're going to get that or plan for the fact that you're going to get that raise up beforehand and like automatically have that money go somewhere else so you never see it you never miss it up next episode 156 the power to speak naked sean tyler foley always pay yourself um find a number that you're comfortable with and do it i know when i stopped doing that uh was the worst four years of my financial health um, and if I could follow one up on that, it is uh, develop a spreadsheet to track your net worth and be honest with what your net worth is. It's the only way that you can track your growth. And even if it's only a dollar or two, uh, I learned this again from Jen Whitney and, and another incredible money um, mentor, Aaron Sky Kelly, who coincidentally has a book out right now called Get the Hell Out of Debt. So if any of your listeners <laughs> want to pick up a book other than mine, other than yours, uh, Get the Hell Out of Debt by Aaron Sky Kelly is, is a great read. Uh, and I, I, I really do highly recommend it. But, um, and she'd be a great guest on your show too. But w- tracking your progress 
is is critical. I like I said, I update my uh, my spreadsheet monthly and track my net worth. And there are months where it literally goes up by fifty cents. Yeah, but it went up. And right. I, I need to see where I'm tracking and how I'm tracking and make sure that I'm increasing my net worth over yeah. time. And as long as I can continue to do that, um, growth is growth, however small it is. But the only way to know what it is is to track it. So always pay yourself first and, and make sure that you're tracking the metrics to know what direction you're headed. Many of you can relate to this clip. Episode 174, I Am Not Your ATM, Rachel Murphy. This was a game changer me if you are struggling with your money and it's so tight do whatever you can to get one month totally ahead on everything and then forget that you are one month ahead on everything yeah <laughs> like have a month in reserve pay this month's bills with last month's income a lot of people pay this month's bills with this month's income right and then they're always stressed out because they have 20 cents in their account if you can give yourself margin that just relaxes you and gives you so much more peace. Yeah, I think that's so important because so many people live paycheck to paycheck. And if you can just start to inch away at saving some money so that you've got that little bit of reserve or cushion, and if you can get to six months, fantastic. But just even getting a month, man, that gives you so much breathing room. Yeah, it just it does. does. Up next, episode 175, Appreciation Can Change Your Life, Mike Burgess. So don't compare, stay in your lane, sell before you buy. What I mean by that, just kind of like I had a car, prices of cars are high, and I had a negative equity that rolled in into it. I said to myself, you know what? Let me see the appraisal. If the appraisal comes higher, even if it comes to breaking even, I can still get the car and I can go get the same car at a lower price. So I would just wait and I'll wait until everybody thinks the price goes down and I can go back and buy another car. Another thing, whenever you see an opportunity, look at how you can make money instead of how you're spending money. Yeah. So if someone presents you an opportunity, try to sell it first to see if you have a market for it, and then you put your money. Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking with a guest who asked people what they would do with, I think it was $100 million. And most people wrote down how they would spend it instead of how they would invest it. Oh, man. Yeah. And so learning to change that mindset, right? Yes. To stop saying, oh, this is the way it goes. That was Dr. Martini, who was on another podcast who talked about really looking at mindset of how we look at money. And I think to your point that just because you have money, you're not so special, right? Correct. It allows us a lot of freedom, but we're all at the end of the day, human beings interacting with other human beings. Yes. You can always get the things that you want, but you don't have to always get it with your money, with your earned money. So be patient, create the passive income to get things that you want. You can sometimes spread yourself, but if you create a plan, the plan will work. But if you don't have a plan, the plan will work against you. Absolutely. So I would say my favorite thing in life is diminish as much expenses as possible, increase your income ability, ability to earn more. So that way your DTI is very low, debt to income ratio. So carry the challenge within yourself to create as much income as possible. You can get the whatever you want, the big house, the rules, maybe it might take you one year or two years, maybe it might take you 10 years, but so what? If you get it later, it's okay. But at least you're in a better situation. Bethany Bayless shares her insights in episode 118, Motherhood and Money Amidst a Pandemic. I think the best thing that someone told me once is just start. You know, a year from now, you're going to wish that you started today. 
And I don't know what that is for you. I don't know if it's paying off your debt, if it's investing, if it's creating a new income stream, even if it's weird and scary and vulnerable and and maybe, you know, you're it's not going as quickly as you wanted a year ago or a year from now, you'll wish that you started today. And we can't forget this clip from episode 119. Keep it simple, Roger Edwards. Don't always focus on the work and don't always focus on that ultimate financial goal, whether it's you want to earn a certain amount of money or you want to you want to buy a house, buy a car, whatever it is. I always try to siphon off about 5% of my um, my salary, not, not into a pension. I mean, I would try to invest into a pension or into a savings, but 5% would always go into a sort of happy fund. And that happy fund could be to go out to the cinema or to go on holiday, depending upon how much there was in that happy fund, or buy a new yoga outfit or buy some lights that I have to send back to Amazon. But have that extra little bit of happy money that you can use to reward yourself. And, you know, maybe that started all the way back when we, with my father, almost saying, finish your essay and you can have this, finish your maths homework and you can have this. There was that sort of reward. So, Make sure you've got some money somewhere to reward yourself, which you can afford to spend and it's not going to detract from your savings or your pensions or your investments or anything like that. That's perfect. And that way, if somebody says, we'll see, you can just go to your little happy happy (laughs) fund and uh, do what you need to do. In this episode, we really rise to the occasion. Episode 120, Making All the Dough, Tanya Fox. I would say the most important thing is do never to be ashamed to ask the question or to say, I don't understand. Um, that is so important that I think there's so much stigmatism around, you know, going to someone, going to your accountant or your bookkeeper and saying, I don't understand these forms or I don't understand where I'm sitting. Ask those questions or Google them. Like be curious about what every line means because that's important. And the only way you're going to get better is if you gain more knowledge. And the only way you gain more knowledge is asking a question. And there's no dumb question except for one that you don't ask. That's my philosophy. You know what? That is so awesome. I love that. Um, I used to go to continuing education courses and I, I know I've shared this before and all these people are talking so highbrow and using all these big words. And I know nobody around me knows what they're talking about, but, and I'm always Let's like this. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yes, totally. absolutely. Tell I do that twice. <laughs> yeah. And I'm always like, I'm a dumb hick from Tennessee. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Tell me, explain it. And people are like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cause no, like I have no shame and asking the questions because I don't know. Yeah. And I think it's important. I think most people that are in the financial industry, if you don't ask, they don't tell because they right. also don't want to assume that, you know, that you don't know. So I think it's important for you to ask no matter what it is, whether it's on your mortgage or whether, you know, it's on an investment or whatever, just ask the questions. There's so many forums out there now that people are willing to offer advice. So instead of just going in blind, ask. Someone else wants to know, like you said, I guarantee it. There's someone else who's like, oh, thank God, I didn't know. (laughs) No, it's so right. Or even if you want to say, honey, do you need to spend more time with me? Yes, ask that (laughs) question. No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Be prepared for the answer, though. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Especially with teenagers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's not always a guarantee. Yeah. (laughs) Up next, episode 122. 
Don't retire, graduate. Eric Brotman. Take inventory. Start now and take inventory. You cannot possibly know how to get where you want to be unless you know where you are. And it's amazing how many people have no idea where they are. Yeah. Um, and so um, I think there is a, a very important step that gets overlooked, which is to put everything in one place, really take inventory, really understand where you are, and then figure out where you want to go instead of just haphazardly sprinting in, in whichever direction you think makes sense at the time. And we couldn't forget this clip from episode 125, Military Mom and Money, Sandra Beck. When you look at spending something, put it in the bank because when you have money in the bank, you have the power to say no. When I was broke, I had to take a bunch of really crappy jobs, work for a bunch of obnoxious people with an MBA, typing letters for a guy that treated me just like the biggest jerk in the world. And when you have money in the bank, it gives you the power to say no. You can say no to something and enjoy your kids. You can say yes to other things. So money in the bank gives you the power to say no. Yeah. And how do you, um, just to, to piggyback on that, when things are tough and you're looking at buying something that maybe you, you would like, but it's not absolutely necessary, how do you tell yourself, you know what, not today, I'm going to save that for later. I'm going to keep the money in the bank. I just think of that guy that treated me so badly and go, is anything worse going back to work for a jerk? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I to kill the right in the spot. Yeah. Well, so money in the bank. If I wanted another kid, I would just go to Walmart on a Saturday <laughs> or watch everybody scream and cry. <laughs> then I'd come home and go, okay, I'm satisfied. I'm good. Two is good. It's good. <laughs> Two is good. Is that a rocket in your pocket? No, that's Dr. Renee Horton with a clip from episode 126. It is rocket science. You know, but it really was about starting small. <laughs> um, what I learned was if I took it directly out of my check before my check ever came to me, right? Um, I didn't miss it. And it right. wasn't part of the budget either, right? Yeah. And so when I first started with NASA, y'all can go look this up. I was making $56,000, um, which is nothing. Um, once they take out everything, it really comes out to be about thirty something thousand dollars. Um, when you're doing it, but what I did was when I started with NASA, I immediately set up, um, like those uh, the ability to be able to make into other accounts, deposit into other accounts. Yeah, I have like seven accounts open too. Yeah, and there's money going. There's accounts I don't have access to that I have to drive to the bank for. That money yep. is still there, and I never want to drive now. Um, and then I have accounts that can be switched in between. And then I have accounts that are at totally separate banks. Um, I bank with three separate banks, two credit unions, and then a bank. Um, and I handle all of those things very differently. My mortgage is in an account by itself and the money goes into the account for the mortgage. Um, I don't have a debit card for it. There's no way to take it out. Um, it's limited. I had the bank set it up to where it's limited on withdrawals. So there's yeah. only three withdrawals a month. And I know one of those has to be my mortgage. Right. If I have to move something, I have to be very mindful of that. And then I have two other accounts where there's the screw off account where yeah. there's a budget in there. And when that money is gone in the month, if I spent it on a pair of shoes, it's gone. But if it's not, if I hustle up and do anything on the outside, I'm teaching. 
And so I get $200 every two weeks from a teaching gig that goes in there there. And so now I'm all excited because now I got $400 for screw off money. Right. And that, but that's in there. Um, and so, and people go, well, how do you keep up with all that? Well, you don't really have to, right? Yeah. Like if you know your bills are going to cost you outside of my mortgage, the other bills are roughly about $1,200, right? Not credit yeah. card stuff. So roughly about $1,200. Well, that goes into a separate account. All of those are automatic draft. Yeah. I don't do anything. They come out, the money's there. It never runs out, never overdrafts itself. Yeah. Um, so those are just little tidbits that definitely helped me out. It, you know, and, and I got those tidbits from other people. You know, I've heard the envelope, right? The envelope yep. saving where you write on there what you want. But that never worked for me because the kids would find the envelope and they'd go, <laughs> I found the envelope that you had for your tides. I, I'm going to come take five dollars out of there. OK, so the envelope does not work for me. But um, they, no, they do not bother the jar. And then yep. but the bank accounts work for me because even when I'm out of the country, or somewhere else, and I have to move something or do something, I can still take care of it. Yeah, I think that's so important. Um, I have followed a similar um, path. I've got different bank accounts that aren't linked to my main account so that um, I can't get to the money. Um, if I'm going to get the money, it takes five or 10 days. Um, so it's just easier to just freaking leave the money where it's at. And then I've got my screw off money, my play money, if I save it up, but I get a thousand bucks, fantastic. If I yeah. got 20 bucks, I got 20 bucks, but I don't, you know, what's in there is in there. Like I don't get to go borrow from other accounts. So I think, you know, you asking people and helping you get to do that. That's just so spot on. So I totally think people should do it. Baby steps, small, Baby. small bits, lots of accounts. So you sort of lose track of all the money. Well, that's- uh, not only that, like when um, I started with stash, Cause I, you know, a friend of mine was like, you should open a stash account. I'm like, sure, I'll just do that. And yeah. I opened it up and I started with $5. And then now I think I transferred maybe $50. And at one point I was transferring a hundred dollars. And then next thing I knew I had the $3,000 it took to open the other account. I yeah. was like, whoa, like, when did I do that? And then I yeah. put that money out and then I opened the other investment account. And then I set up, you know, for deposit to go into other investment accounts. So it felt really good to be able to do those things. And this is, you know, this is why I'm still um, supporting a second household. Right. So I'm about to get some relief in that in about three months. And I'm like, whoa, I'm about to be big balling banking. Like, give me two of them <laughs> Vanguard accounts, you know, so. And a couple pair of shoes. No, 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 no. No, you're not. No. Gonna, all right. So this guy named Bob um, convinced <laughs> me that I probably shouldn't keep buying shoes. So what I did was I have got it down. Now, and the shoes will only be bought during October. So my birthday month when I don't tell myself no, unless it's just a die for a pair of limited edition. It has to be something like that, right? Yeah. Um, But I actually started really looking at like, after you said that to me, like, don't buy any more shoes, Renee. I went back in my club, <laughs> right? And I yeah. built out boxes and I said, you know, if I only had 10 pair of shoes, that were related to work. I, you know, I don't consider the work shoes as part of the shoes. Like I have to have yeah. steel toes. Those are not cute. Yeah. But when I'm looking at everything else, right, I'm really looking at, like, I'm about to be 50. My body hurts in places now. Like, are these shoes like the best shoes? They're cute, but are they the best shoes? And I just gave away four pair of shoes this last time wow. I gave to the, um, to the veterans association that picks up. So, 
you 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 hit a nerve with my shoes there. <laughs> um, and so definitely, but I have been more conscious and I've been talking money with my friend. Oh, cool. So that changed as well after we had the conversation. And look, guys, I was in a, a panel with on a panel with Bob and we were in the green room and I was like, yo, bro, you financing it all. Can you give me a tip? <laughs> so, and he gave me some tips and and believe it or not, I followed them. Um, it hasn't been 90 days and I've actually followed his tips and I feel better um, about some things financially and started talking to my friends and they're, you know, they're heavily investing as well. And they're looking yeah. at, hey, I want to retire in 10 years. I'm like, what are you going to do? And they was like, and if you hit it big, I was like, if I hit it big, I'm going to Bob the money and Bob and figure out what to do with the money. And then, then he could give me an allowance for shoes. There you go. <laughs> and you can buy them in May and October. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like oh, that. I like we're that. It was spread out the love. All right. All right. <laughs> and we have to include a clip from episode 128. It's deeper than money. Chloe Elise. Um, I, I think if I'm going to give one piece of advice, it would be that your dream isn't stupid. One of the biggest things that I've learned, especially working with women, is that once they figure out finances, oftentimes they'll tell me a dream of theirs once they do that they told themselves that isn't possible because I'm in credit card debt. That isn't possible because I need this job, because I need the money. And so a lot of times I'll hear well, I mean, it's always been my dream to start this business or do this, but it's just so stupid. Like I could never do it. And my belief is that if it's on your heart, it's put on your heart for a reason that you were meant to go and do that. And so um, just always remembering that whatever it is, no matter how big or small, put it into the world, write it down, tell your friends, tell your partner, and just start making steps towards it because it's not stupid if it's on your heart. And finally, a clip from episode 130, Shark Bite Biz. David Strausser. I do view family it is like running a business. I'm yeah. running a five-person organization here, Team Strausser. And, <laughs> you know, once I started treating the family more than just the budget, I mean, started analytical insights. I, I got this brand new app. Um, I think it's called Bright Money. But it gives me alerts like, hey, David, if you pay your Capital One credit card, on this day, you're going to save $3.19 on interest. Even if you just pay the minimum payment, you're going to save it by paying on this day compared to paying on the due date. So little things like that I've started doing, making all these different tweaks. And by doing all of that, I mean, it, it's actually freed up a lot more of my cash flow. My main point is, is that all that stuff that, that I did, I learned from my professional job about how to manage all that stuff. And I was able to find a way to translate that into my personal life. And by having business intelligence with my own personal financials, not just my work financials, it really enabled me to, to, you know, find out where I was wasting things and how I could move my money smarter so that I could make a startup coffee business. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We had a lot of fun making it. We'll be back next week with a new guest and a new perspective on money to help you on your journey to financial health.